Hello and welcome to Motorsport Week's The Support Series, the show where we talk about what is happening on the racetrack in the top junior single-seater series before any of the drivers make the leap up the ladder to Formula 1. Tom Cairns, your host, alongside Michael Gillespie and Joe Ellis. We review the opening round of the 2021 FIA Formula 3 Championship in Barcelona. Alex Smolyar kick-started his campaign in the best way possible with victory in race 1. While mistakes from others in race 2 allowed Oli Caldwell to inherit a well-deserved win. Dennis Hauger converted his pole position from Friday's qualifying session to finish on the top step of the podium in race 3. The Red Bull Junior driver lays down the first gauntlet by confirming his status as championship leader. But can anyone stop him? Good evening, Joe. Good evening, Michael. Good to have you on. And it's been an interesting opening round for the Formula 3 Championship in Barcelona. We've had three different race winners, two from Prima, the other from ART. And given all the incidents we've had in in three races, you know, it's going to be a real, real dogfight for the title. Joe, how are you feeling for it with the first round out of the way? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Tom. Uh, it's typical F3 sort of chaos. Good racing, but chaos in there as well and the fact you know we it's such a closely packed field you know you had a, a Primer on pole a Primer in 15th in qualifying this year is going to be great yeah Michael you've obviously been following from the three for a lot of your uh, motorsport um, tenure in terms of following it and um, how have you found the F3 weekend from your perspective because this was the first weekend under the new um, format with having three races at, um, at each round Yeah, we had a glimpse of it in F2, and overall, I thought it was pretty well. I mean, well, they made made the difference, obviously, with 12 cars reversed. It made for some interesting racing, but uh, I think it's going to be an interesting year for most of the drivers, really. It's going to be, everyone's going to have their ups and downs, and we're going to have a champion out of it. Yeah. And doing so, um, Dennis Hogan bagged the first points um, in qualifying by qualifying his uh, Prima on pole position. He got four points for that. The driver who ended up 12th in qualifying, that was uh, Johnny Edgar. He would start on reverse grid pole for race one. But in the end, it was Alex Smolliar who was who had started be um, behind him in second, coming out on top, becoming the first winner of the championship and also claiming his maiden win in the series. Clement Novelak was second for Trident, ahead of Kayo Collett for MP in third. Logan Sargent in fourth for Charisse. It's a good result for him there for uh, Sargent. Edgar was fifth ahead of Ollie Caldwell. Fred Festi was seventh. Then it's his teammate Dennis Hauger going up from 12th to 8th. So bagging a few points in that one. Victor Martin was ninth. And Matteo Nanini, who's racing not just in F3, but in F2 as well. He took the final point in 10th place. David Schumacher was 11th, followed by Enzo Fittipaldi, who came home 12th and getting reverse grid pole for the second race that came later on Saturday afternoon. Jack Crawford was 13th, head of Yumu Iwaza. Then it's Juan Mel Correa in 15th in his first race back since his awful accident that he had at Spa in 2019. Roman Sonic, Jack Dewin, Caelan Williams, Rafael Villagomez, Rasha de Guiras, Simon van der Helm, Caelan Frederick, Lorenzo Colombo, Pierre-Louis Chauvet, Philip Ogran, Amore Cordiel, Leslie Tote. Ars Leclerc was 28th in his maiden F3 outing. Ida Cohen was 29th after starting from the pit lane earlier on. And Oliver Osmondson was the only driver to retire as he went off into the gravel trap on the exit the last turn after uh, the undertray of his getting caught on that sausage curb on the outside. So it was a fairly straightforward race. We saw plenty of overtaking on the softening straight. Clement Novelek taking advantage um, 
presumably with the DRS at some point during race one, Joe. And it, nothing, it just did nothing wrong all race. No, I, I really expected more from, from Smolier in qualifying because he'd looked very quick in, in testing. I thought he was, he was on for maybe a top five you know, if he really hooked the lap up and he didn't quite manage it, but he, uh, he managed to get past Edgar quite early on as soon as the DRS uh, was open. He made the pass and he, he then broke the DRS himself and left everyone else behind, really. I know he was he was getting caught towards the end by Novelak and the safety car, you could argue, saved him. We don't know if he would have kept it or not, really. We didn't get the chance to see that final battle, but a really solid start for, for him and I wasn't at all surprised to see him take home the win. And Rasmussen's accident um, caused the safety car to come out, which prevented us with a, um, you know, a deny, denying a, a, a straight sprint to the flag, um, Michael. But nevertheless, it was a good performance from Novelak to bag that first, not Novelak, uh, small AR to bag that first victory um, in Formula 3. He did win on the road last year at Silverstone, only to get a time penalty for weaving on uh, David Bertman, but he got it right in this one. Yeah, just got the pass and then just maintained the gap. And uh, uh, the safety car did come to his aid in a way, but... Uh... I think Novelite was closing on him towards the end. We could have had a last lap battle, who knows? But uh, credit where it's due to him. He had an impressive show off and um, and good fin and good finish. Finally, redemption in some way for him. Yeah, and Smolio's great time in race one. It was a very disastrous uh, race two for him as he was taken out at the start. Uh, by Logan Sargent. Well, he got tapped actually from no uh, Clement Novelak behind, which caused the right rear to uh, deflate and seeing Smiley going into Sargent, taking the pair of them out. Novelak continued, um, but it ended up seeing Enzo Fittipaldi and David Schumacher fighting it out for the lead. That unfortunately ended in tears with the pair of them colliding. David Schumacher going to the barriers, Fittipaldi stopping out on circuit a lap after with electrical issues. And what a hectic race it was, Joe. It was just, it could have been seven or eight different drivers winning that race in um, in the second one. Not easily, but isn't that always the case in Formula 3? Something like that is only ever just around the corner, it seems. Uh, it was a bit, it was a shame for Fittipaldi. He was a very late uh, call-up for Chirouz this year. Uh, and he's he done well to get himself into 12th after a poor qualifying and reverse grid pole. But I find that, David Schumacher seemed to be on the defensive all race. He was always looking to try and stop Fittipaldi from getting past. Or, I mean, the one time he did manage to get past, he was then straight on the defensive again. Um, and it was a shame that it came to blows the way it did. And from then it looked like it was going to be Matteo Nannini or Dennis Hauger's race. And then they had their collision as well, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get on to. Uh, it was just typical F3 carnage, really. Yeah. And lighting, we'll see more of that. But that's the that's the great thing about seeing this new um, weekend format, Michael. But in regards to the collisions in the race, it's well that could have a say on the championship later on in the year. By the time uh, F3 gets to Austin, and we saw that some way last year. I mean, Logan Sargent seemed to be par for his F3 career. I mean, he was involved in that incident in Mugello, the last race. It probably cost him the championship, and uh, it's kind of happened again with the incident with uh, Smolier and Novlak contact. And uh, and then there was the incident with Fittipaldi and Schumacher. I think Schumacher, I think Fittipaldi went off, off the track and kind of similar to um, 
Sonoda Mazepin at Spa last year and uh, just uh, just went back in the track, refused to yield, forcing contact with Schumacher and forcing him off into the into the gravel trap. And uh, I think Halger and Nanini incident just a dive to the inside and um, Nanini just maybe wasn't expecting it and there was contact or taking his ordinary line and wasn't expecting Halger to do it. I wouldn't say it's a banzai move, but it's a, a move of that sort of proportion, I imagine. And then Caldwell just uh, picked up the spoils and uh, and he took victory at the end. And that's what happens. You need to be on track to benefit from others' misfortune. Just keep your head while the others are losing theirs. And looking at the race two result, Ollie Caldwell inherited the win from those who should have perhaps won it themselves. Victor Martin was second, a brilliant second for MP Motorsport, with its Redrick Vesti in third, Calvert Novelak in fourth for Trident, and its Kai Collet in fifth, Johnny Edgar bagging more points for Carlin Boss Racing in sixth, Ayumu Iwaza in the points for Hitech in seventh. Good driving there from the French Formula 4 champion. Jack Doom was eighth, Jack Crawford ninth, and Juan Manuel Correa finishing in the points. And how emotional was he uh, at the time of the flag? We'll discuss him in a, in a, in a moment. Caelan Williams was outside the points for Jensen in 11th. It's Roman Stanek in 12th for Hightech. It's Russia Degueras in 13th for Chirouz. Pierre-Louis Chauffe was 14th. Simon van der Helm 15th. It's Omori Cordiel. Caelan Frederick, Rafael Gomez, Oliver Rasmussen, Ida Cohen, Philip Ogran, Lorenzo Colombo, Lassa Toth, Arthur Leclerc, Got a 10-second time penalty for a safety car violation. He finished 12th on the road, but dropped to 24th. It's a shame because he started 28th on the grid because of his race finishing um, in the first event. But that, uh, that violation under the safety car dropped him from 12th to 24th. So a huge shame there for him for Artur Leclerc. His teammate, Dennis Hauger, was 25th following the collision between himself and Matteo Nannini. He got a 10-second time, time penalty, although that made no difference to his race finishing position. Matteo Nanini retired in the pits following the collision, but he was classified in 26th. Anyhow, Enzo Fittipaldi stopped out on the circuit with an electrical issue following his collision with David Schumacher that brought out the safety car. Logan Sargent and Alex Smolia crashed out at the beginning at turn two. On to race three, and Dennis Hauger, knowing that he needed a strong result after a mediocre couple of races, and boy, did he uh, did he do it there, Michael. Pole position to flag, and over three seconds ahead of everyone else, it was just a rather comfortable victory in a typical in a typical Formula Three race. Yeah, car number one in a Prima, the top team in the championship, and uh, and it was pretty much lights to flag for him. And uh, a good showing from the others in front of the field. Fine, Jack Doohan finally had a good result and uh, a big breakthrough for him, considering the season he had last year and. Uh, and uh, good performances all round um, for him. I mean, him and, as we were discussing before recording, but him and Halger have been racing each other through carts and F4 and both Red Bull Juniors. There seems to be, they seem to be battling each other again and like in the past and they're doing it again now. There's always those types of drivers who seem to meet each other every step of the ladder. Joe, what a moment it was for Juan Manuel Correa because post-race he was on the radio to his team. You know, he was almost in tears, you know, thinking, you know, I'm so glad to be back, which is wonderful to see. And given how long he was out needing to be recuperated, he will feel so glad that he's back on that grid. Yeah, it, it's 
I think it's great to see him back. I think everyone was quite happy to see him just out there racing, you know, even if it wasn't it wasn't a case of him going and winning races, a point is just as good for him. It's the first step back to hopefully returning to his best form where he will be able to challenge for races in F3, especially with ART. But everything he's been through over the last what 18 months to two years, not just the physical rehabilitation, but the mental trauma of having been involved in such a crash and the impact of that crash that we all we all know about. He's he's done fantastically well to get back in the car and points on his first weekend is just about a perfect way to end this chapter of his career. Let's go on to the race through result because Dennis Haugert converted his Friday qualifying pole position into the race win and confirming his status as championship leader. Jack Deeran was second for Trident, so his first podium in Formula 3. That's Matei Nannini equaling his best results in the series in third. He got a podium finish last year in Barcelona as well, so Barcelona proved to be a good track for Nannini. Oli Codwell, fourth for Prima. There's Victor Martin, fifth. Clement Novelet was sixth, ahead of Frederick Vesti. Co Collett was eighth, Logan Sargent, ninth, and Roman Stanek taking the final point for high tech in 10th place. Alex Smolia was 11th, so no points for him in that one. David Schumacher was 12th. Arthur Leclerc was 13th after starting 15th. There's one more career in 14th. Ayue Waza was 15th. There's Johnny Edgar, Oliver Rasmussen, Jack Crawford, Enzo Fittipaldi in 19th, Tymon van der Helm, Caelan Williams, Ida Cohen, Rashid Degueras, Pierre-Louis Chauvet, Amore Cordiel, Laszlo Tove, Philip Ofgran, Rafael Villagomez, Lorenzo Colombo and Caelan Frederick. Rounding up the finishes. So all 30 drivers actually finished the race. Three of them were allowed down, but nevertheless, they all got to the checkered flag. So it's a good thing to see. Let's have a look at how that affects the Drivers' Championship after the first round of seven in this newly weekend formatted FIA Formula 3 Championship in 2021. Dennis Hauger leads by two points over his Prima teammate, Oli Caldwell. Hauger has 34 points to Caldwell's 32. Clement Novelak is a further four points behind in third on 28. And there's Victor Martin in fourth on 24. Jack Dewey in fifth on 21. Kai Collett and Frederick Festi tie for sixth with 20 each. Alex Smolia in eighth on 17. It's Matei Nanini in ninth with 16. Johnny Edgar in 10th with 11. Logan Sargent in his first weekend with the Sharoos squad. He's in 11th with 10 points. Ayumi Mwaza is on a satisfactory uh, four points in 12th. Jack Crawford in 13th with two. Roman Sonic and Juan Malcarea have a point each. David Schumacher, Caelan Williams, Enzo Fittipaldi, Richard Degueras, Arthur Leclerc, Pierre-Louis Chauvet, Simon van der Helm, Amore Cordiel, Oliver Rasmussen, Caelan Frederick, Raphael Villagomez, Ido Cowan, Philip Ogran, Lorenzo Colombo and Leslie Toth have yet to score a point so far this season. We've only just done the first round anyway. It's been quite a start, guys. 15 drivers have scored points already this championship. We've got Paul Ricard next and Joe, how are you feeling for it? And what do you make of the title battle so far, given what we've seen? Well, hopefully Paul Ricard is as surprisingly exciting, let's say, as Catalonia was. I know Catalonia's never been the greatest racetrack for racing, but F3 managed to provide three really good ones, and hopefully Paul Ricard will do the same. It's been, a, I believe it's been a while since F3 have been to Paul Ricard. I can't remember if they went there last year or 2019. It was 2019 they went there, because I remember yeah, that, um, Yuki Sonoda pulled off one of his greatest drives in, um, in F3 that time. Right, so yeah, they'll some three teams, some drivers will have the knowledge. Then Logan Sargent, I think, will have driven there, and he was with Carlin, I think, in 2019 as well. So that will help him. But looking at the championship, 
I'm not at all surprised there's two Prima drivers at the at the front and the two returning drivers as well. I know some people weren't so uh, excited about Prima with Haugen called. I didn't pull up any trees last year, really. Um, but second-year drivers, and especially going into a Prima car, they were always going to be the ones to beat, and it's proving so, so far. Mm-hmm. Michael, Hauger, two points ahead. I mean, a lot can still change. I mean, anyone could be leading the championship because you do you can get a maximum of 65 points in the Formula 3 rounds, so there's an awful long way to go yet. Yeah, and there's still some drivers who didn't have such a good showing at Catalonia will be wanting to redeem themselves, like... Uh, like Leclerc, for instance, and uh, Vesti, who people were expecting should be in F2. And uh, so far, I haven't really seen such a dominant drive from Vesti uh, this weekend at Catalonia. So he'll be hoping for redemption as well. And anything can happen in motor racing, and it usually does. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens at Paul Ricard. In the team's championship, it's no surprise to see Prima leading the way. They're on 66 points, 17 clear of Trident in the second on 49. It's MP in third on 44. ART are in fourth position on 38. There's HWA Race Lab in fifth on 16. Colin Buzz Racing are in sixth with 11. Shrews seventh on 10 points. At least they've exceeded their points total throughout the whole of last year. High Tech are in eighth with seven and it leaves Jenza and Campos need, uh, left, yet to get off the mark. Um, this year, but we've had only one round so far out of seven. There's 18 more races still to come. A lot can still change between now and October. Joe, it's I don't think it's going to be as straightforward for Prima, but it doesn't mean to say they're not going to be challenging for wins. But it's great to see the likes of MP Motorsport up there because they've got two drivers brilliantly consistent performing consistently, you know, Victor Martin and Kyle Collett. Could they all of a sudden pose a title threat with the way they've had their um, weekend going in Barcelona? Uh, I don't know if a title threat is possible yet. To see, we, we've got to wait and see two or three rounds. How consistent are they at every kind of track? You know, they'll definitely challenge for wins and I anticipate at least one of Martins or Colette will get a win. And it's no surprise that the leading rookies in the field are the top two from Formula Renault Euro Cup last year after the champion from the previous year went and went and won the title in F3 and has moved up to F2 in Oscar Piastri. I think MP could do with their third car being closer to the front. I know Van der Helm is a lot less experienced and less thought of than the two Alpine Academy drivers with him, but that he needs to try and push more towards maybe a reverse grid pole position uh, for qualifying because he's qualifying a bit too far down for them to really challenge uh, Prima, who generally have all three cars up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a disappointing weekend for Leclerc, Michael. You know, he can't afford to be having too many um, qualifying sessions like he has done. I mean, we've only got seven qualifying sessions this year, and he needs to pretty much nail every single one of them. Certainly, certainly, yeah. But uh, is his home nearest his home race next round? So hopefully, he can use some local knowledge at Paul Ricards. But uh, definitely, when. Um, Caldwell and Hauger are already race winners and you're the one who's yet to uh, get that victory, for instance, when you're in the top team. It certainly might hinder his confidence, but it's how you uh, redeem yourself after that, which is the true judge of character. And we'll see what happens for Leclerc and Paul Ricard. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be one of those events where it's a typical Formula 3 track. 
where overtaking is very much possible. There's loads of runoff area in case drivers are needing to use it. So we'll have to wait and see. And, um, you know, given that we've got three races for each race weekend, we've got plenty more action to come. And the fact that F3 is not clashing with F2, um, we've got plenty to look forward to as well. So, you know, it's... Who do you think... Who else could really cause a surprise? Because there's a lot of names on there that aren't as recognisable, Joe. And... I mean, there's more familiar ones like David Schumacher and Sophie Fittipaldi, who should have scored points at the weekend. Who do you feel can rebound from the weekend in Barcelona? Well, I think the team that perhaps needs to rebound is actually Genza, because when you look at uh, Callan Williams, who was there last year, and he looked pretty good. He, he didn't pull up any trees again last year, but he looked all right. And Pierre-Louis Chauvet joined the team, having won the F3 Asia Championship and beaten current Formula 2 drivers in the process, Guan Yu Zhou and Jay Hunter Uvler, I, I was expecting him to really impress. And he, after that, he went and qualified, what, 29th? I don't know if he had a, a problem. I mean, I've got to assume there was some kind of problem because I don't think he should be that far down on pace, really. Uh, but I, I looked at Jens' team before the season started and I was quietly optimistic that they were going to have some good points in them. But this weekend has made me doubt those thoughts. And I'm sure that Jensen will be hoping to um, have a better campaign than um, they had done last year. They didn't get many points last year. And, you know, their last win came with Yuki Tsunoda in 2019 at Monza. So perhaps maybe the luck of the draw being in the top 12, qualifying 12th perhaps, and maybe getting that reverse grid pole, or maybe in getting a 12th place finish in, um, in race one. That can most help, definitely um, help them towards a, a race win. But, you know, we need to see how the likes of Genzo and Campos do because Campos have struggled in the last few years in either F3 or GP3. I don't know how long it, they will be prepared to stick around for, but they need a change of fortune sometime soon. Paul Ricard is next um, at the end of June. So we want to get your predictions, guys, for Paul Ricard. Who do you think will qualify on Paul? Who do you think will get race one victory, race two victory and race three victory? Michael, we'll start off with you on this one. Who are you going to go with? Uh, tricky one on the spot. So I think uh, I'm just going to go safe and maybe Edgar will win the first race. You'll probably call, you'll probably get Paul, Paul close to the front again and we'll learn from his uh, defending attempts on other drivers and maybe he'll go through to the winning first race. Second, it's usually a front runner who goes for a second. So I'm just going to say Halger with the momentum he's got. And I think third race, I think maybe Halger will do it again. He qualified well and uh, could win both uh, second and third race I'll go in for. Joe, what are your predictions? Paul Sitter, race one winner, race two winner and race three winner. Oh, it's, it's going to be almost impossible to get all these right, isn't it? You know, there's so many drivers available. I'm I'm going to back ART to be a lot closer to Prima this time around. I'm going to back Frederick Vesti to get pole position, in fact. Um, I, I think we'll see our first rookie winner as well in race one. I think we'll see Kyle Collette win the first reverse grid race. I'm going to back Ollie Caldwell to do it again in race two. Uh, and I think Vesti will win from pole in race three. I think on a racetrack where it's a lot easier to overtake than it is in Barcelona, I'm going to say Vitor Martin will get pole for his home round. Race one winner, I'm going to say 
Ooh, who I'm going to say? I think because he needs a stronger result, I'm going to say Arthur Leclerc. I think he'll do enough. Maybe to get like eighth or ninth from qualifying and use that to his advantage in the race. Race two winner, I'm going to say, who else is on there who could possibly be challenging for the race win? Ooh. Yeah, Frederick Vesti. I'll say Frederick Vesti for race two. And race three, Victor Martin. So what's that? Two, is that two rookies uh, winning? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, those are my predictions for Formula 3 anyway. So let us, let us know what you folks think um, for Paul Ricard that's coming up next month. We'll leave it there, guys, because we are have, we have to bring the show to an end. Thank you, folks, for listening to today's podcast for Formula 3. The next episode for the championship will be on the week of the 28th of June, where we'll be reviewing the second round of F3 at Paul Ricard. There's also the latest podcast of the Formula Regional European Championship by Alpine that you can listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and other platforms of me, Ed Spencer and Tina Ferreira discussing on the series' second round in Barcelona. The next show or the next shows for the support series will be in a fortnight's time where we'll be reviewing the FIA Formula 2 and Formula Regional races in Monaco. From Michael, Joe and all of us at Motorsport Week, it's goodbye.